0: Digital Four Ten Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head
1: podcast. Interesting.
2: Digitized live from the ACT Computer Studios in Cape Coral, Florida, it's the What's In Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy.
1: What's up, what's up, OG5? You know, it took me a little longer to get the show started because I thought maybe just perhaps we we're at the end of our 26-day Facebook live ban. And so as we went live, I switched over to the old Facebook app on the old cell phone, and lo and behold, we're not streaming, so we must still be at the end of our penalization through uh facebook and i did not i switched back to my don Abernathy account which everything's associated with and i did not get hit with a you're still being banned um actually no oh oh, wait a minute yeah so um it looks like we're still not live streaming on on facebook so i'm gonna put the old link to youtube but uh, joining us, as always, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. And joining us from, uh, are you in Astero, technically, or Fort Myers? Where are you technically at, Larry Venturino? Astero. Astero. You're one of those fancy folks in Astero. Mm-hmm. So how have you been, friend?
2: Good. What's going on? I've been doing good. Are you guys doing?
1: Uh, same old same, just uh, watching the world implode and everything get censored and knocked down. You know, you haven't been on in a while. Basically what happened, the reason we got a pee-pee slapped by Facebook, is I had an author, a retired Marine, and a living historian on the What's the Scullabot podcast, and I had the audacity, nay, the nerve, the unmitigated gall to post a photo of him in his German uniform without taking the time to block out the swastika and I only posted it on my World War II page. It's not like I run a, some sort of extremist right wing page. I'm using Nazi propaganda to increase my enrollment. But because we posted a photo of somebody in a German uniform on a World War II only mm-hmm. Facebook page, all of my crap got. Not only did they kill my live stream, but they basically said we're not even going to. We're going to suppress your post for 26 days. And I really thought we were at the end of it, but apparently not. So here we are. But anyhow. Mm-hmm.
0: So is this a way that uh, even history as recent as World War II will eventually be Eventually. Jesus Christ. Eventually be wiped from the map.
1: Well, let's play the devil's advocate. In Germany, it is illegal to display in any way, shape, and or form the spotsticker which is fine. I get it. But the last And yeah, they I- got a
0: history. Yeah, but the last <laughs> time I
1: checked, I didn't sign up for Facebook.de. This is Facebook.com. Now if Facebook wants to send me a message saying, Hey, just a heads up, we can't display this post on the German equivalent of Facebook, I would say. Fine, but once again this is a world war ii based podcast and and the, the entire content of that podcast is nothing but world war ii stuff and so it's hey, just you know a what little the, silly good
0: thing meta has stock has taken the largest oh. fall of any stock in history you
1: just jumped down my oh. list of my list of shit have you heard about this yet larry
2: yeah i kind of oh there's the i honestly don't even care Oh, I think
1: it's wonderful. (laughs) Oh, it brings a (laughs) smile to my face. For those of you living under a rock who maybe don't watch the news, Facebook stock plummets 26% and its biggest one-day drop ever. Uh, Shares of Facebook parent meta closed down more than 26% Thursday, and the company's forecasted weaker than expected revenue growth in the next quarter. It also said taking a big hit from Apple's privacy change, which is awesome. Apparently, iPhones and Apple computers have a built-in – software that basically kills the tracking that Facebook uses to sell advertising. And so they took a big hit from Apple users, which is awesome. actually
0: make the change now.
1: Uh, Android. So anyhow, it also said taking a big hit from Apple's privacy changes and shows the first quarterly decline in daily active users on record. The stock finished with the biggest one-day drop ever ahead of the 19% plummet it saw in 2018. Thursday drop shaved more than $230 billion from its market cap, bringing it. It to about 660 billion. Uh, the company, which released earnings under the new name for the first time, which is now reporting—I'm sorry—with a new reporting structure, missed earnings estimate for the fourth quarter of 3.67 versus the 3.84 analysts were expecting, according to blah blah blah. But the funny thing is, is um, Zuckerberg's been putting all his eggs in his new virtual basket. He really thinks that. You know, COVID kind of led us to realize not only can we work at home. But we're all children at heart, and so we need a work environment that looks like a Nintendo Wii game. And so they're really trying to put all their money into this metaverse. So when instead of sitting in a Zoom meeting or being completely bored and working at your computer at home, you put on your Oculus VR headset, and you can walk your avatar past the Starbucks and on down to your office suite and sit at your virtual desk in your virtual office and do your work from a Wii-like environment. And I don't know... My kids' generation will probably jump into that shit, but I don't know.
0: So <sighs> the drudgery of walking or going to work in a normal analog world is now being mimicked digitally. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Because,
1: okay. you know, our attention spans are so short that sitting in a nice, quiet office in your home, in your pajamas, which used to be a dream for many of us, is now just not exciting enough. And just <clears> think, <throat> Larry, you, in a short few years, you could – put on your Oculus headphones and walk on down to the digital chuckle hut and do a digital stand up actor with your avatar you can do Ugh. imagine you could do a a digital version of sex toys or sh- dog toys for this the whole the world This is a shit that makes me see. hope almost for a reset and all digital goes down for a while
0: it that, that's crazy well wow, now i'm in trouble
1: well you know uh, and the good news is fewer and fewer people are using facebook including me the only time i'm really on there is to the post content for this but uh i don't know i think facebook is quickly going to go the way of uh, myspace but um a recent leak came out from the um when zuckerberg had an internal memo about the the money they just lost he basically said hey facebook put all your money in video that they, they really going they know tiktok's taking all their audience and so now they're really pushing this real stuff hard and they're going to Facebook is basically going to turn into Instagram really with the video pushing and everything's going to go more towards the the video content because Facebook is kind of like Microsoft. They haven't done anything original in years. They just steal everybody else's shit and recode it and call it their own. Yep. (laughs) Hey, Larry, so last week we were kind of talking about how the newer generation are in love with the 80s. And it kind of, oh, it kind of struck us as funny is that oh, the, fuck. the most sensitive generation is in love with, a time that if they actually got in a time machine and went back and heard the way we all talked back then and treated each other, they would be oh, laying be in a corner. They <laughs> they'd be laying in a corner in a fetal position. Yes.
0: they'd be done.
1: But um, you called me a what? You're gonna you pl- Say that f word. Did you go outside and a play a game P called word? Smear the what? You can't play, you can't say Smear the, no.
0: (laughs) None of the videos on Netflix show this out of the 80s. It was just good, fun times with wacky clothes.
1: Well, and all we need to know is remember when uh, Stranger Things season three or two came around, they were pissed that they are showing uh, the bad boys smoking cigarettes. And so now, like for season three, they had to ditch all the teenage smoking. Welcome to the 80s. Everybody smoked. Yeah, exactly. But I. I had a thought today and I kinda of wanna go down memory lane a little bit. So my daughter within the last two days, she's fifteen and she's actually ventured out into the real world. Now uh, is she
0: wearing her sweatshirt correctly when she No, out? I'll
1: get to that in a minute. <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a cat down the edge of the street that she rides her bike to school with and there's another girl in the neighborhood and they've kind of been hanging out. But like yesterday was the first time in the four years she's lived with us that she's actually ventured out into the neighborhood. And I just thought, how sad is it that it's a rarity that our kids at this age rarely do something that the three of us, that was our childhood? I mean, she
0: went out and she started looking around like Johnny Depp in uh, Fear and Loathing when the bats are flying around.
1: Well, I told Carrie, yeah. I said, well, maybe she'll find some little bit mischievous and some debauchery out there uh-huh. and find out that the real run's funner than playing Xbox all day. And she's like, well, it depends on what the mischievousness and dysbotry as I said well she comes home smelling like smoke or weed I'll sniff that out real quick but other than that you know if they're going down to the one of the canals and throwing rocks in there and maybe some light graffiti I don't care as long as they get out the, as long as the cops don't come bringing her back and I'll experience okay. well I mean the shit we did compared to what they're doing now but could you imagine Larry I know when you're in high school you're in a straight-edge punk band could you imagine instead of the childhood you had doing the straight edge punk band stuff that instead of going out on the weekends, going to shows, performing yourself, running the neighborhood, just being a teenage kid in the nineties. Could you imagine if you just spent 15 hours a day? And that's no lie. I looked at her, uh, Microsoft minutes from last Saturday, um, by 10 AM, she was already online for nine hours. <laughs> so uh-huh. that means at one o'clock in the morning, she got on an Xbox and played through the duration but could you imagine if we had that environment and now being oh. in our forties, what's it going to be like when our kids are 40 and they're, they're talking about what they did as kids.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: in my yeah. day, I sat around the house and played video games all day long.
2: Well, here's, here's something worse. I just wrote a new bit about this and maybe, maybe your daughter, and you can relate to this because of your daughter or, or whatnot, but uh, I have a new bit about the fact that, you know, You walk in and you see your kids watching YouTube videos of other kids playing video games. Have you seen that?
1: Yes, but here's the thing, and here's where you can take your, your bit a little further.
2: I can oh, kind of but yes.
0: I can <laughs> kind of understand Again, watching kid videos of my kid watching video kid of kids watching
1: videos of kids watching videos. Well, no, I didn't, I, I didn't
2: tell you the whole bit, but I was just telling you what the premise of the bit
1: was. Well he, he, well, here's here's what I'm thinking though. It's uh. one thing to watch video games. That's dumb as hell, but the argument could be made they're learning tips and tricks that they can improve their video games. What kills okay. me yeah. is kids watching YouTube videos of kids unboxing toys that yeah. is worse it's like yeah uh, so he's what are you watching an unboxing so was he doing he's taking a toy out of a box and giving me his impressions okay yeah. fun you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: what was yeah. one of the sayings we heard in the 80s Don this is this would be a time when mom would say something like, "Did you go out and play in traffic or something?" <laughs> you know. But as you were going to
1: say, Larry, no, it's just like you know.
2: I kind of just had this conversation with them the other day. It's just like you know. I'm like, your generation's horrible. I'm like, first of all, like not to be like one of those parents, but the music's. I mean, I, I, we know music. Their music's horrible. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing to look back. There's no. They don't have memories of. Of anything besides sitting around, well, I'm not saying my kids to, uh, in particular, but as a whole, because I try to expose them to a lot of different things. But like the fact that most kids will be in front of their video games for 15, 16 hours a, game, a day, and they have no other interest besides that as their social outlet, um, they're going to look back and really regret the fact that how quick their childhood went. They have no real. Like substantial memories that they can like. Oh, we went down to the, the lake and we did this or blah 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 and mm-hmm. oh we some trouble that day. There's like we went down to this lake in Fortnite and built, whatever and it's like, yeah. So,
0: yeah, I think you're right. It seems like we create just a fog. You look back yeah. at the past and it's just a big, fog. You, nothing yeah. really separates one day from another. Nothing separates any exciting moments from another. It's just. Yeah. Well,
2: and just think- yeah, so like, when I, like when I was in high school, like what we would do, so I wasn't in bands yet, but I was starting to go to like all those shows and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, but what we would do, like I was up in Rhode Island and we, my friends and I, like, you know, we would go into Providence and we would walk around uh, the area, which is called like the east side of Providence, which is near Brown University, which is like the most you know, you didn't, whatever, a yep. uh, university um, that was actually founded on slavery, but don't tell those kids that because they'll, they'll boycott their own school. But anyway, um, the um, we would walk around there uh, because there was all the record stores and there was like, you know, legit, like goth kids walking us down, down the street that really hated their dads, <laughs> like that were dressed like in makeup and all this stuff. And it was mm-hmm. just part of your life and you would go in in these record stores and you would look for a new record and like and and bring it home and and play with your friends and 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 whatever um and there was tons of memories around that like i remember when i was with this person getting this record and um you know and what else we did that day and some guy who pissed us off and we did something stupid or whatever all that stuff was just like layers of fun and memories and I, I remember like we went to see this um we went to see the movie Kids. Remember Kids? Yeah. Yeah. That like from the nineties. Like we went to this um this old old theater in Providence. That movie uh, got
1: so much Yeah. Like because it was about HIV and just random sex yeah. and drug use yeah. and it was so yeah. raw that like the conservatives of the time lost their fucking minds over yeah. that movie.
0: Yeah. Hey,
2: speaking of old school record stores. Hold, it, hold on, Hold on. I know where stores.
1: you're going, and I and I wrote this down. But let him finish this thought, and then we'll hit him with what you're going I, to say. You
2: know, what I was just saying is like, you know, even though we were like straight edge kids, like like a lot of us are, some of us were, or, but we were. I was like a good Catholic school boy kind of, and like my friends were too. But we went to see that movie, and then we proceeded to walk around Providence like we were one of those kids, like you know, <laughs> like like this little gang of like hoodlums that were just. You know for the night but it was just like that's what we did that's that's our like kind of the fantasy world that we i mean there was a lot of kids that were actually living that way but we were just like it was just running the streets like in a in a, like, almost like a mocking way. I don't know. That was a, another memory from that movie. But
1: and I don't Gordon know
2: if that is, sounds lame or not. But that's what we did. Well,
1: Gordon <laughs> and I have the same memories. He's three or four years older than me. So when he was in high school, I was in middle school. And when he was in high school, he knew college kids who lived on OSU. And that, this is what he was going to say. And he would wait yeah. for me to get home from school. And I would hop in his car. And we would go to OSU back when Doc Martens could only only be bought at, like... The, you, the airwear store. Yeah, yeah. You, you had to go to, like, unique little... Sh- you couldn't get them at TJ Maxx or the mall. Doc Martens could only be bought from unique little stores and head yeah. shops. And Gordon yeah. would take me to...
0: Magnolia Thunder Pussy. By the way, they're still in business. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I just looked it up, and that was a great... And it's just any of those campus record stores. And actually, we have a... A record store called Zia Records out here that still exists, but there is that smell mm-hmm. is one of the, one of the, the things when you walk in of the incense and and everything that kind of goes along with it, and they all seem to have the black kind of background yeah. painting and yep. and mm. you know the
1: glow in the dark posters and We would go to Magnolia Thunder Pussy, buy the latest punk album or whatever. We'd buy our shirts there, patches, and then we'd go to Avalon Shoe Salon. That's where we bought our Doc Martins. And then Avalon Store is where we buy our, our skateboard esque style um, sh- underground oh. shirts. And we would just skateboard and, and hit up down to OSU campus. And,
0: Wexner Center. Yeah. The Wax Palace. Yes. And OSU
1: was so crazy that on game night, you had your sidewalks, your main thoroughfare, then sidewalks. And down each sidewalk, they would put like a two watt cable through I rings so that after the game, all the drunks wouldn't stagger into the streets.
0: Oh, shit, they did that on every Friday and Saturday just to keep the kids off the street. But when yeah. she was
1: such a hardcore party school, before I left, the city passed an ordinance that you could only allow, I think, three kegs per party. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of well, fucking beer. Well, that's what happened.
0: They shut down all the bars. At one point in time in the 90s, they had more bars in one mile than... The most bars in a one-mile stretch... North of New Orleans, the French Quarter. <clears throat> it was funny. Larry was, was talking insane.
1: about goth kids back in the day, the Marilyn oh, Manson crew, the skinny puppy, you know, the pig face listeners, the ministry, and well, even the this, this,
2: Mar- oh, like, this is when like, Marilyn Manson may have just just started. Yeah, like, but skinny you had, like, puppy. And, and Joy Division, yes, and, yeah. like people. Fugazi. Had death. Yeah. And we Christian have- death type kids. And yeah, like they were just like, Real goth kids, not um Spencer's gift shop or Hot exactly. Topic in the mall. That, and that was a that was a big criticism. That was funny because that's a big like a big criticism of like, oh, you're a poser if you bought your like stuff at Hot Topic or blah oh, blah blah. What you like
0: funny. Green Day? Get out of your
2: poser. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then and then and this I had I was by myself. I was uh, this was like in back in December. I was up in uh, Tampa doing a show for the weekend, and I actually. Uh, packed all my stuff, got up to Tampa and realized I forgot all my shirts for the show
1: <laughs> oh uh, for the
2: shows that I was doing that night at uh, those that weekend. I'm like, shoot, I have to go out and buy shirts. So then I ended up at this mall and then I found myself in Hot Topic and I ended up buying a Cure shirt and I'm like, man, I am such a poser. Did like, did you just <laughs> bristle
0: the whole time you were in there? Yeah, just yeah. like,
2: ugh, I can't like, believe I, I'm in this
1: place. Hey, Gordon, adjust your mic a little <laughs> bit cuz you're hotter than hotter
2: started questioning like, like talking about the Cure and like he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I recently done the Cure" and like, "Aren't they really?" Ugh? I'm like, "Dude, I I just wanted a shirt. I love the Cure, whatever." And so we used to refer to
0: to him as Fat Bob.
1: Well, it's funny because Gordon and I, we started skating when I was in elementary school, like in the 80s, and then, you know, there was, and we talked about this a little bit last week uh, when we had a social um, outcast on from TikTok, Um, as the 90s progressed, we all started going to the thrift store. And I was like a size 28. I was super skinny back and looked like a heronatic. But I would buy like size 32 corduroys yeah. from the 70s for like 38 cents, and yeah. so they were super baggy. And then I remember I bought a pair of bib overalls and I actually cut the bib off and wore those. And like you were saying, with the kids the shop at Hot Topic, all these kid, all these cats on TikTok who are trying to act cool. Oh, remember the 90s with Jinko jeans. If you wore yeah. Jinkos, you're a fucking poser. Oh, really? Yes. Because, <laughs> because the skateboard community, we started that by wearing baggy shit that you got from the thrift store, not $70 jeans from Sears and fucking JCPenney. No, Jinkos was just some corporate company who saw skater kids yeah. wearing baggy clothes yeah. and, and decided to capitalize on it. So And
0: that's when the hip-hop really started to infuse into skating, too.
1: Yeah, but hip-hoppers didn't wear Jinkos. They wore Levi's and Timberland. I mean, they weren't wearing well, jinkos.
2: Well, well, to be honest, looking like in like in like the hardcore like punk um, of the '90s, it, we actually did wear. Some of us did wear jinkos. We, we, we What we do is we, we wear the jinkos and we would wear like you know. I have all these awesome band shirts from like those bands back then. But, Sonic And years. I was 120 pounds, 129 pounds. All my shirts were extra large. Mm-hmm. And you know me, I'm like not. I'm not as tall as you. I'm like five eight, and I've always been five eight since I was fourteen. But all my shirts are are extra large. My my I had jingles, and then we would wear backpacks. And they
0: weren't uh.
1: allowed to see your shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you either had airwalks on or shell toes. So. The funniest, one of the funny stories I love to tell. Back during the Jinko age, is right around I was a junior in high school. We had a cat that we used to skateboard. We we had a cat we skateboarded with. His name was Tim Stern, and he's a youth pastor. He's actually a preacher now. His father was a preacher, but he wore the the whole skateboard garb. And at the time, we were getting dinged by the principals in school if they could see your boxer shorts because everybody was busting a sag. Well, his mom was a bit of a seamstress. (laughs) And what a better way for a nice Christian boy to buck the system! He actually had his mom sew in a pair of basketball shorts so that the jinkos were about three inches down from the hem on the lip on the basketball shorts. So when he wore them at the proper height, it looked like he was sagging. And so he was walking down the hallway one day, and the principal grabbed him in the hall, and the principal was going to ding him for his clothes and lift up the shirt. He's like, "I can see your underwear." He's like, "No, look, they're sewn in." And so he actually had imposter pants made just to stick it to the principal to make it look like it was his underwear, but they're basketball. And now he got change the dress code again. <laughs> And I was like the greatest f you know the most sensitive you know way to rebel without being rebellious I remember I had to cut a hole on the inside of my on all my pockets of so I could put my pager in my pocket so that the clip wasn't sticking on the outside so I wouldn't get it taken away Did they allow you to wear chain wallets while you're still in high school don um when i was wearing chain wallets yes because i had that harley davidson wallet the oem one that mom got me but as the chains got longer as the pants got baggier then they went away you know if you had the standard five inch harley davidson chain it was fine but when they start going down to people's knees and you can use them like a mace then that's when they (laughs) said no more strangle somebody yep so but i mean here we are we just did 15 minutes on on stupid shit like this what are our kids on talk about yeah so um from the age of Fourteen to fifteen, I played uh, Call of Duty, um, mm-hmm. and um, oh, kind of blended with Battlefield. Well, they don't even play Battlefield. Here's the crazy thing: remember when we were kids and we had the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo sixty-four came out? We're like, wow, these graphics are amazing! And every year, Golden uh, awesome! The new platforms <laughs> came out, and the graphics are getting more and more realistic. And then you fast forward to like twenty nineteen, and our kids are like, Minecraft is. Awesome eight bit <laughs> rules. It's like, are you kidding me? You're playing a game that looks like it came off of an, a Super Nintendo back in '83, but they just love the eight bit appearance, and it just. It's like, I don't get it. Ooh. I saw a great TikTok today, guys. He's sitting in his man cave with all his booze up on his wall. He's like, "Our generations are nothing alike. I grew up with keg parties in the woods. You grew up with white claws in your mom's basement." <laughs> it's like, pretty much, that's that's exactly it. It's just I don't know. It's it's sad to see which which way they're going. Um, oh, back to the OSU thing. We had a goth, and this is what I was talking about the goth and Marilyn Manson skinny puppy thing. Right around the time after I graduated, there was a goth bar downtown, and you're talking about the uh, homeless kids. A kid that I actually went to school with in elementary school. He he voluntarily became a squatter because he thought the squatter lifestyle was cool. Is this
0: the gutter punk lifestyle? Yeah, Terry. Yeah, he wouldn't.
1: He would literally be the gutter punk, just being homeless, living on the streets of OSU campus when he has a perfectly fine home he could have went to, but he just did it. But we had a goth bar, and I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me. But it was that, huh? It was.
0: So, speaking of homeless on Ohio State, I still remember the guy with no legs we called Dropkick.
1: Yeah, and well, then we, the had the little, yeah. we had the little, we had the little homeless midget who had a role in that old '80s movie Ice Pirates or whatever it was. <laughs> But anyhow, um, remember Dave Attell's show Insomnia, where he would go around. Oh, yeah. He actually featured that bar. And I, I can't believe I can't remember the name of it. I used to go there all the time, a friend of mine. But there was an episode of Insomnia where Dave Attell was down there, and he was just like, Mecca. Yeah, I think it was Mecca. He was like, "These cats are just <laughs> a little too weird." It's for like me.
0: a techno, and then they'd have industrial night, and yeah, it was a, you know, a little, old warehouse. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. and it was it was down there. Speaking of music, um, because I know Larry's got things to do. And this happens every year, and I think they do it intentionally, but have you guys heard the nominees for the Class of 2022 Hall of Fame list? No.
2: I heard one. Wasn't Eminem one of them or the only one?
1: So – People complain that? every year, though that's not rock and roll, and why isn't so-and-so already in there? And, and truth be told, they intentionally keep a lot of these old-timers out to keep interest every year. Yeah, you can't put them all in at once, and you have nothing left. Exactly. It's all about marketing. But anyhow, here's the nominees for the class of 2022. Beck, endlessly creative and prolific, Beck has made some of the rock's most innovative, ambitious, and boundary-expanding music. Now, Gordon, you and I were early Beck fans. We had the first album, then we had Odelay, but I didn't know he put anything out after Odelay.
0: Yeah, they did. A couple of things, but it all just kind of, everything else watered down.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one a little surprising. Pat Benatar. You figure she's already in there. After all, she had a song called I Love Rock and Roll. Please tell me Ween is on this list. Together, Pat Benatar and Neil uh, Giraldo packed a fire-powered punch that deeply impacted the sonic landscape of the 80s. Uh, well, they still tour
2: now. They still tour. They mm-hmm. come to Fort Myers like every year, those
1: two. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Bush.
2: Oh, my God. Her radical Jeez.
1: experimentation with lush soundscapes literally theme sampling and theatrically have inspired everyone from Johnny Rotten to Bjork to Big Boy of Outcast. No, I, I don't got, think so. I'm, I got to be honest. The name doesn't even ring a bell. I almost got to Google her to see what she put out. I
0: think she was on Mike Watt's album Ball Hog or Tugboat. Make uh, Mike Watt of the
1: Minutemen. Let's see what's a Kate Bush song. I'm going to Google her. the very <laughs> first song, um, "Running Up That Hill," not from "Withering Heights." Um, nope. Um, "Cloud Busting," "The Woman of Work." Um, this is this is. Well, the I'm, I'm seeing a theme. On Kate
2: Bush in a long time.
1: Yeah. So like, I wasn't an '80s kid, so I. But none of these songs even sound, I mean, maybe if I played a hook, it'd be like something I remember my parents listening to on the top 40 radio back in the day, but just going by the name and the titles of the songs, none of it even sounds remotely familiar. No. Here's one. It's a little, I now, granted I was in elementary school in their time, but I'd almost consider them more of a one hit wonder Devo. Where do you guys stand on Devo? I think Ohio, they- Ohio is fantastic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that I I think a band like them, they've kind of um I know they they're mostly known for their one hit, whatever. But I, I think they've had other hits. I can't honestly can't tell you off the top of my head. But they've actually kind of, you know, they're everywhere still to this day. You know, they still tour, and they also, you know, at least that song, yeah. maybe one other or something, is really kind of uh whip it. Is always stuck with every generation, like in some way and i don't know it just seems like they were very very different i, I know it was 80s though everyone was kind of like weird but like they continued to be that weird you know uh when it wasn't really that cool anymore i don't know they seem like I, i'm okay with them so far
1: to me when it came down you know a lot of people are like are you what is it led zeppelin or um what's the battles led zeppelin or the doors or whatever
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: was it kind of that way between Devo and the Talking Heads? Because I'm more of a Talking Heads camp all day long. I love the Talking Heads. Their live album, Stop Making Sense, was fucking fantastic.
2: I think Talking Heads are in the... They're in the rock and roll world. Gordon
1: I Google Gordon Google that. Devo equally parts art project, performance art, rock and roll, satire, and punk band. Devo produced a sound that was fresh to the world. Yeah. Um, Duran Duran. I'm kind of surprised. I'm not a huge fan of theirs. I'm kind of surprised they're not already in there. But once again, as we open up this to say, you got to keep out some of the prolific ones over the years so you have someone induct in the the future so you can generate the publicity. Otherwise, people wouldn't be talking about you every year.
0: 2002. The Talking Heads was inducted on March 18, 2002 into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah. Actually, yeah.
0: I know Don was talking about 80s music and with, hearing stuff in the in the car, and I know backtracking a little, but uh, one song that I close my eyes listening, I, I could just picture being in that gold Plymouth Voyager minivan with the wood paneling is...
1: Rock me Amadeus. King of
0: pain by the police. Always being played. There's a little black spot in the sun today.
1: I remember that, uh-huh. but I remember the first time we heard Amadeus is when we were on spring break in like Tampa or Clearwater, Florida. Every time I hear that song, I vision us in that same caravan, but driving through Tampa or Clearwater, Florida. And
0: it's what's weird- interesting about that
1: caravan in mm-hmm. these trips is Don had the worst seat and the most dangerous seat in the whole place. <laughs> which was perfectly. you know, our, our parents talk about, oh, we had the station wagon with the rear facing seat. Yes, but you had six feet of space between the seat and the hatch. I sat behind a rear bench in the hatch. I had two and a half feet. <laughs> yeah, he laid in the cargo area. I literally laid <laughs> behind the rear seat of the caravan and the hatch, which probably was three and a half feet at the widest. <laughs> And then so I think, you have, so you had that
2: entire story about the first time you heard Rock Me Out of a Dais by Falco. Whereas kids today are like, oh, I heard the new Travis Scott because somebody told me on Fortnite if I go into this area, I hear that song, and that's it.
1: And not only that, and we've talked about this in the past, <laughs> that's, that's um, insane. <laughs> they don't know the majesty of an album. In the orders in which those songs are presented, we all know the best songs were songs two, seven, and 15. They spread them out. Um, you say Nine Inch Nails Downward Spiral. I say I left school that day to go get it off the shelves. You say, you know, and I'll happily admit it. Insane Clown Posse's Great Malenko. I skipped school that day, got that album six hours later, it was pulled off the shelf because Disney pulled it and then they repressed it under Island Records with different songs. But I have the original one because I skipped school. I remember when Gordon got his first. uh, Pioneer receiver with the um, I'm sorry, the Pioneer disc
0: CD changer. He
1: had the CD (laughs) changer cartridge that went in my dad's rack and we had 15 inch speakers that the neighbors would complain when we played down in it by 9 inch nails that we were rattling the pictures off her fucking walls. And I remember this day reading the liner notes, reading all the lyrics, how great it was. Remember when you got that CD and you opened it up and all the lyrics were in their handwriting and how cool you thought that was? I remember a house of pain going through that line. and Listening to every song, all twelve tracks. You, that CD came out. You bought the CD, and if you didn't have a car because you went with your parents, you went in a room and you listened to it like five times through or more. Or, or you get
0: in your buddy's car and say, "Man, I got something for you to listen to."
1: Yep. Put this in. And kids, I what? I remember that one song I streamed off of YouTube. That was cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know the um, you know being in. I, I've, being in a few bands, like and releasing some records and stuff like that, like in seven-inch vinyl and mm-hmm. and other stuff, um, you know, the line, the the liner notes and stuff like that, you know, we put that together and we made a list and we were really like we had to remember all the people that supported us, that kids that we were friends with that toured with us or that helped us put on shows and stuff like that. So we actually put a lot of time. Into making sure that we listed all our friends that needed to be in those records, Mm -hmm. and so, and I'm thinking, like, even though we weren't big bands by any means, I like to think that you know that little bit was also kind of cool for those other people to be recognized to some extent, even if it was like a low level kind of thing. But just to say, like, okay, yeah, they remembered that you know we were all in this to kind of together, to kind of help, and and so that was also kind of an excitement of getting because you know. you know, my name has been in like bands that I really love, like in their liner notes, because we were friends, or we mm-hmm. uh, we helped them out, or I booked their shows and stuff like that. So it made it kind of made me feel like, oh, cool, like that, that's cool that they recognized you for a second. Um, uh, so the, you know, and shout then, out of the, st- the lyrics because the lyrics are actually I'm like I'm like I I listen to this music because the the lyrics like were important or they they about something like mm-hmm. you guys have nothing.
1: No, yeah, there's no lyrical content. Anything.
2: I I read it a- uh,
0: and let's expound on the band thing. One of the things I don't think kids also have is the. I can remember in the mid, early to mid nineties, Columbus, Ohio had a fantastic, in, in my opinion, local band scene. We mm-hmm. had the Econo Thugs, we had Pica Hus, we had Eric's Mother, we had the Toll, you know, and, and all that stuff. And, and do kids even have that? And you, you
1: had. Know? And you had bars where, up, you know, the high school kids' bands would play. And, you know, there's some certain churches where, you know, straight-edge bands. I remember seeing a bunch of straight-edge punk bands at a church in Gahanna, Ohio, one night. I still have the flyer over here in my picture album. Yes, I said my picture album. I still have the flyer from that night. On your cell phone?
2: On your cell phone?
1: (laughs) No, in my photo album. Oh. That weird thing that we used to put. through them? (laughs) Yeah, right? We swipe to the left. Actually, swipe and flip to the right. Yeah. Um, and back to your liner notes, you know, you'd give a shout out to Steve at Kinko's who gave us a discount on our banners yes. because we actually <laughs> yeah. had to go to Kinko's and cut and make up our flyers. And then you had your yeah. street team who went around taping up all your flyers. And now it's just, Oh, we put up something on Facebook and hope people show up.
0: Cutting out the letters from all the different magazines to make whatever yeah. your band name was, you know, your, mm-hmm. your thing coming up was going to be, uh, like a serial killer would in the eighties. And like you know. said, I have- started doing that
2: for, I actually started doing that for my comedy shows. So not cutting out the letters, but he makes just going back and making out uh, making making um, just regular flyers and, and passing them out. Because I think there's a feeling from a lot of people that they kind of are starting to want to see something in their hand now. Like they're sick of looking looking it's for things online to- and everything gets everything gets lost online anywhere. Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. blah, blah. You have to pay to play some of those places. Most of the time you get any anyone to see what you're doing. So, you know, I started handing out actual flyers to shows and putting them in, um, in shops or whatever it is or leaving them on cars or whatever. And for is. a short
0: yeah, period, do the old cut and paste with the letters running through a Xerox Well, machine? for the yeah. short
1: period of time, he was actually yeah. doing the 1990s-style underground magazine. He had, like, a four-page yeah. pamphlet with, like, yeah. articles and stuff with the yeah. local uh, comedians. Back to the yeah, list real quick. Good. Eminem, Eurythmics, um, you, Judas mm-hmm. Priest, and uh, um fella, uh, fella cut team, not familiar with him, MC5, uh, New York Dolls, and Dolly Parton, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Now, if Rage Against the Machine stood by their, their beliefs, they shouldn't show up or want to be in the Hall of Fame, would they?
2: I know. But I mean, did they, they have
1: be- to go peel Zach out of a mountain somewhere? I or? don't know. <laughs> the photo they're using is from, like, 1993, so. They still rocking they're, the Shaylevar. Lionel, <laughs> they're, they're, they're,
2: they're too busy in box, uh, like box corporate seats at the Los Angeles Rams games. You know, sponsored by five, 15 million different corporate sponsors, and making sure that the police escort them to their seats, most likely, even though they want to kill them and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Lionel Richie, Carly Simon. Um, I'm happy to see the tribe called Quest. I was a big fan of tribe, and Dion Warwick. But, yeah, that's that's about it. Um, before we let Larry go, uh, speaking of Judas Priest, let's get oh. on to the old um, Spotify ordeal with Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh my God. Or, as we should call it, the controversy that brings every has-been and forgettable artist from the 80s out of the woodwork. Metal Injection announces that Judas Priest, Rod Halford, offers his opinion on Spotify's recent issues. I ain't gonna read the article. I applaud Neil Young for standing up for what he believes, and so strongly said Halford to Billboard. I think each of us are dealing with the circumstances of this drama as we see fit. Because I'm hell-bent for leather. No, I put that in there. I don't believe in sending out misinformation or disinformation about something that has taken so many lives. When the scientific facts speak for themselves, such as you should lose weight, fatty. Oh, that's also not in there. Everybody has an opinion. Did Young do the right thing or did he do the wrong thing? You know what? Your opinion doesn't matter. He did what was right for him. So that's just oh, an update on has-beens coming my out using- God, this whole Joe Rogan thing.
0: You know, they talk about him being racist. I don't ever recall listen, hearing anything outside because con- comedians say stuff that, you know- I will we'll, we'll say out, the quote- I have not heard anything racist come out of that guy's mouth.
1: Uh, the quote, <laughs> The quote. Um, I wouldn't say it's racist. I'm going to say it's, it has a racist sound to Is it. Is it insensitive? It was, I sent you the quote- I'm um, trying to look through the text. Yes, yeah, basically had something to do with. Um, he was telling a story back in 2011. I mm-hmm. I pasted the uh, quote in there. It was, it was um, out of context. He probably didn't realize what it was, but he was basically talking about how he went and saw. Oh, here where the hell is the quote? We send so many messages to each other. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say it makes him a racist, but it definitely was you know, possibly not the best sounding thing in the world. Um, basically he, he, just to sub quote it, he basically put the, Oh, there it is. I see it. Go ahead and read it.
0: Rogan's message Saturday addressed a video clip from his podcast 11 years ago, because why we need to read back into the past and bring it up here. Now, uh, which he talked <laughs> about going to the movie theater in a black neighborhood to see Planet of the Apes.
1: Yeah, so because he mentioned Planet of the Apes in a black neighborhood, racist line. Which was and...
0: probably a non-sequitur anyway. It was just but
1: of a... course, they didn't put the whole thing in there. But. but um... I was trying to make the story entertaining,
0: and I said, we go out there, and it's like we're in Africa. Um, I'm going to get myself canceled here. Because no, because you're I'm quoting the, somebody nobody. else.
1: Uh, you're reading a quote.
0: Yeah, so this is a quote from Joe Rogan. I'm going to start over because I'm an idiot. I was trying to make the story entertaining, and I I said we were going to go out, and it was like we were in Africa. It was like we were in Planet of the Apes, according to Joe Rogan. Yeah. So that was his quote.
1: But uh, So that's what they're doing. It's a
0: bad taste, but Jesus Christ. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. But the fact that it was 11 years ago, and, I mean, we could go down the whole alley of, you know, Plenty of movies that are geared around making fun of white folk, like uh, Soul Plan and all his other movies. But anyhow, I just think it's more funny that more and more people are coming out, and you know, no one young, believe it or not, which is surprising. It seems like it's a bunch of the older cats who are who are jumping on this. Um, Larry. I know you uh, have some short time. You got a couple more minutes left, or you got to get rolling? Yeah, yeah, a
2: couple more minutes is good, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to change the subject and talk about something a little crazier, believe it or not, and I actually spent some time doing a little production on this, Double. and um, nope, that's not what I want. Um, uh, oh, 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 no, it's under oh. Oh, why? Come on, producer. Yeah, I need a goddamn producer. That's all there is to it. Here we go. And now time for a segment we're going to call Nightmares from the Olympics. Have you guys been reading any of these stories coming out of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics?
0: I've been trying to avoid the Olympic stuff altogether.
1: And I can completely understand that, but um, let's see. Uh, Here's the first story, Nightmare from the Beijing Olympics. Russian Olympic Committee committee athletes post photos of food apparently served to athletes in quarantine. The Russian Olympic Committee uh, athlete, some Russian chick I can't pronounce, I'm not going to bother to slot her name, posted a photo on her Instagram story Thursday that allegedly showed what athletes in the Olympic Village are being fed while in quarantine. The photo featured plain pasta, a red sauce, charred meat on a bone, and a few potatoes and no green vegetables. She also said that this was being served the same meal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. Uh, quote, my stomach hurts. I've been pale and I've been having huge black circles around my eyes. Uh, the athlete said on her Instagram page, according to the association associated press, I want this all to end. I cry every day. I, I, I very, I'm very tired. Um, The chick, who's a uh, biathlon competitor, said that she could only eat the pasta because the rest was impossible to eat. She added, my bones are already sticking out. She isn't the only athlete complaining about the food in quarantine. As the grievances were heard, um, OC uh, biathlon team spokesman later posted a photo of the improv meal that they were talking about uh, with cucumbers, sauces, and yogurts. And then um, there's another report coming out, Olympic... Olympians in tears over poor living conditions, lack of food, and war- um, winter at the Winter Games. Apparently, not all fun and games at the 22 Winter Olympics in Beijing. Complaints from athletes and officials are pouring out about alleged poor living conditions, dining options, isolating rooms. And deliberate, um, sorry, deliberating, deliberating weather conditions. According to social media posts, German, German Alpine skier Christian, German last name, criticized the catering in Beijing and raised concerns about limited food options for high fuel performing athletes. Which is true. These cats are like the crop, the king of the crop. I mean, you need a lot of carb consumption. You need a lot of proteins and all that. Um, well,
0: the the question I have when you read that, and I did hear something about it, is. Are the Chinese athletes who are going into quarantine under the same conditions, or are they uh, getting taken care of because we need them
1: to perform better? That would be an interesting question that has been brought up. The catering is extremely questionable because it's really not catering at all. There are no hot meals, this German said via the Sun. There are crisp, or as we call them, potato chips, some nuts and chocolate and nothing else. This shows a lack of focus for high-performance sports. Team USA reportedly came prepared and brought extra food to the Winter Olympics, including bags and bags of pasta. Uh there don't has, trust you, fuckers. Yep. There have been also concerns about how COVID-19 <laughs> is being handled in the Olympic Village. Uh, Valerie <laughs> Visatova, a Russian biathlon competitor, took to Instagram to discuss her experiences under the Beijing strict quarantine conditions. Quote, I've been getting this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days now, the meal we previously discussed. Um, I've lost a lot of weight. My bones are sticking out. So that's the same story. It goes on, though. I only sleep all day because I don't have enough strength to get out of bed. I only eat three handfuls of pasta a day because it's just impossible to eat the rest of the food. And they don't have training facilities either, right? No. My stomach hurts. I'm very pale, and I have uh, big black circles around my eyes. I want this all to end, as we read earlier. Um, She added that she ate all the fat on a piece of meat because it was I was very hungry. She also claimed that other athletes were getting worse food than others. Athletes who tested positive for COVID-19 at the winter games are are us uh, um I'm sorry. Athletes who are being tested positive at COVID nineteen winter games but are asymptomatic, asymptomatic must isolate in a designated hotel for the For those experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, immediately hospitalization is required. So if you're asymptomatic, you got to isolate in a hotel. And if you have symptoms, you got to go to the hospital. Athletes can only return to the competition once they've submitted two consecutive negative tests. Um, This goes on. More COVID-19 stuff. Needless to
0: say, it sounds like a shit show.
1: And then it gets worse. So now the games are kicking off, right? (laughs) Listen to this nonsense. Female jumpers female ski jumpers are being disqualified over baggy clothing at 2022 Olympics. Um, jinkos? Yes, the women's are wearing jinkos. The women's ski jumping mixed team I Think that
0: would actually affect their performance in a negative way. Well, you would okay. think so,
1: wind drag, but let's listen to the the thought behind that. Sorry, my hand's bleeding. So, five women ski jumpers representing Australia, Japan, Norway twice, and Germany were all disqualified from the competition for wearing loose fitting suits. According to news.com.au, it was determined that the clothing could give athletes an advantage while in the air. Was it act like a sail? Are you wearing like a squirrel suit? Is this an IOC rule or is it a China rule? After Germany after Germany's Katharina German last name was disqualified in the first round, she was bought to tears and accused the international ski federation. So there's your answer for destroying and damaging women's ski jumping quote. I have, uh, I have been checked so many times in my 11 years of ski jumping and I have never been disqualified once. I know my suit was compliant and, and she posted on Instagram. I've, competed in 160 World Cup starts, five-time World Championships, three-time Olympic Games, and I got disqualified for the very first time and my heart is broken. Uh, and a Norwegian last name was disqualified. Said officials had used a different method for measuring their suits from previous events in the game. Quote, it was a bit strange and it didn't conform to how it's been done in the past, she said. It is a bit I'm sorry. It is a bit of the result of me being quarantined and not eating properly the whole week. So she's saying her clothes weren't baggy when she flew to Beijing, China, but due to the horrible living conditions and not being able to train, she's lost so much muscle mat, and body fat that now her her suits are a little, little, uh, little loose. Uh, German ski jumper Carl, German last name addressed the situation on social Just media. Just say
0: Kraut. Come on, Carl Kraut. Okay, in question
1: rules and uh, regulation for female uh, skiers. We stick together no matter what. Nevertheless, I have asked myself whether the regulation for the women's were changed overnight. With so many disqualification qualifications. it was neither the right time or the right place to disqualify so many athletes from the games. I think there was like a total of, um, I don't know, like 11. Yeah, there's um, no, um, there was definitely a handful of them. Five females. So five people were disqualified for ill properly fitting suits. And as the Olympics goes on, I'm sure we'll hear more and more nightmares coming out of the 2020. And not not to mention that these Olympians went over there with burner phones because they're afraid the Japanese Chinese government was going to start tracking all their movements and shit.
2: Actually, they were told to use them, yeah. So. You no, know, in in, in, def- in defense of China, you know, they asked those women skiers what they wanted to eat, and they were like, "I don't know, you decide."
1: And <laughs> I'll eat whatever. It says at the drive-through at McDonald's, which you should
0: already know the menu anyway, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Exactly this Sweet is and sour, sour
0: chicken, sweet and sour pork I mean, you're Americans It's uh, going to be that or it's going to be General Tso's
2: but, uh,
1: Well Larry, do you have any um, plugs or anything you want to get out there Before we uh, let you hop? I know yeah, you i got to run But um,
2: next weekend Or the following weekend February 17th to the 19th I'm going to be at Laugh-Fan Comedy Cafe uh, With Dat Fan um, All weekend long um, One show Thursday Two shows Friday, one show Saturday
1: um and that's and when so february 19th
2: Fe- 17th to the 19th
1: okay we'll have to get together maybe we'll try to do another digital 410 night of comedy and give away some tickets or whatever but um we'll sort something out
2: yeah and uh, i think uh the thursday night show is almost sold out okay and the other shows are really filling out up quick so um yeah so um Hope to and see people there, it's gonna be, it's always a lot of fun. He hasn't been here in a couple of years because of COVID and everything, so he's back.
1: And a reminder to people, that fan was like the winner was it season one
2: of last yeah, comedy Yeah, he, he was the original winner. And
1: his story was he was sleeping under his desk at his office, he was basically homeless. And um, he he was, and I think his first comedy stand up, like the background, was a giant desk to simulate his where he came from, and so. He's been uh he was the he was the OG winner of Last Comic Standing. But uh and where can people Larry's. find us? where can people find you on social media, Larry?
2: Um everything at Larry Ventorino. So on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, my website, Larryventorino.com. I have a lot of shows coming up. Private shows, uh club shows, theater shows. Um I'll be in Tampa first weekend of March. So with that fan again. So if you're in the area and uh yeah so
1: how is the comedy in tampa
2: um you know i mean there's there's uh, several uh, or several big clubs there's the improv there's side splitters and there's snappers um this time we're going to be at snappers i just did snappers back in december It it was like such a fun club like the people there and the owner are amazing and they're um really nice and the club is amazing uh, just the whole vibe of it is uh, just very positive, positive. Um, and so, yeah, that one's actually in Palm Harbor, and um, yeah, I mean, they just there's a lot of comics up there, there's a lot of shows, and uh, so it's going to be good to be back, and because um, I don't get up there all the time, so, um, but I just happen to be at Snappers like twice in a couple of months, so good to be uh, happy to be there.
1: Well, and it's a good thing too when you're. Doing repeat appearances at the same spot, their locals start to, you know, yeah. they start to really get your your material and you start building, you know, a little bit of a fan base there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Larry, thank you so much, and uh, you yeah. have a great night. And uh, we're going to continue on the show. We got a few more things and yeah. get on to the news. But uh, thank you for hanging out with us.
2: Yeah, thanks okay. for having me. Have a good, have a good one. See you guys. Later.
0: You
2: too, sir. All right, bye. Oh, y'all thought I was done? Hell no. This is Raw Thoughts, you know how we do, line these motherfuckers up, it's time to get to work where should i start joe biden i guess old yeller shit i'm honestly surprised he hasn't died on us yet you ain't a president dog so you don't have to pretend come on joe we all know that you ain't actually win yeah them puppet strings holding you up weekend at bernie's dementia really slowing you up should we be worried you're tripping upstairs then you're sniffing on hair someone go and get this geriatric man a wheelchair and then you've got a son making lots of loot from the ukraine it it's on.
1: interesting to see how many people who formerly considered him liberal like chris webby i've been listening to chris webby for like eight years and he, basically the pandemic and the social politics of the day is just has completely pushed him over the edge and he's gone the other well, way they
0: finally can see right you know they can yep. see some of the bullshit that's going on that they've also been uh florida were brainwashed but they, they've also not quite seen with clear eyes you know
1: the Florida the the hero nobody wanted but the hero everybody needs we came to the rescue for the Canadian trucker protest you hear about that
0: uh, the rescue I didn't hear about the rescue part but I have seen a lot of live stuff still I guess a pr- protest is going on
1: still. Well, you know, the funny thing about going on strike is, you, well, you don't get paid. And so when you got Correct. a convoy of 70,000 truckers who aren't getting paid because they're not delivering food, they need to get money somewhere. And so patriotic people from all around the country and the United States and other places started donating money on GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. But, well, apparently, um, somebody up in Canada... <laughs> got a hold of the people in the hierarchy of GoFundMe and convinced them in their progressive, extremist, semi-communistic ways that this rally was nothing more than a legal, ill-information bunch of rabble-rousers and it's, you know, really hurting the And it's the making the government. country uncomfortable. And so GoFundMe said, hey, we're not paying out this money. If you donated, please go ahead and... And go to GoFundMe.com and fill out the um, refund order forms, and we will refund all money. We are not going to pay this out to the truckers. That's fucked up. Well, once again, Florida, the hero nobody wanted, but the hero everybody needs. Um, Roughly around 2020-ish, 2021, our governor, Ron DeSantis, passed a law here in Florida that allows Florida civilians to sue tech companies getting away in between them and their monetization and or finances meaning oh, if you, you have go. a youtube channel with a lot of audiences and you've been generating revenue and you start talking about things that don't fit the narrative and they shadow ban you or and or ban you you can sue they and shut so, down your so when florida heard about this and the fact that well floridians have been donating to gofundme um, Florida simply sent a notice to GoFundMe that they're going to do a fraud investigation on GoFundMe, which quickly turned around GoFundMe's thoughts on the whole fucking thing, and they said we're gonna pay out the money to the truckers as originally agreed upon. So oh, that's
0: because that was the premise of the whole donation.
1: Yep. And so uh the state of Florida threatened to do a fraud investigation on GoFundMe, and of course no company wants any Government no. entity, poking and, around and their because books. they know
0: there's probably something in the background somewhere in the deep recesses of the company, they're like, "Yeah, we don't want that exposed." We're going to just
1: start. um. Here's a little story Gordon wanted to talk to you about last week, but we never got to it before we get into the news. Let me turn Chris Webby down. Oh, okay, he's done. Gordon has a King Cavalier Cocker Spaniel that comes no, with a free. No, it's a Cavalier King Charles. He has thing. a Cavalier King Charles. that comes with a bag of free coffee with every purchase. Must be drinking warm. Wish it did. <laughs> um, and I have a Boston Terrier, but the Boston Terrier aren't on the list, but they have the same squished face. Actually, one would say the the Cavalier's face
0: is less squish.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, from the Daily Mail, and I've also seen a story in other outlets. Um, exclusive calls for bans on English bulldogs, pugs, in Australia, as explained. Uh, I'm sorry, as experts claim cruel selective breeding that has resulted in man-made health problems for the animals. Now, this is coming out of Australia, but the original idea came from Holland, did it not?
0: Came from the Netherlands. Yeah, yes. the
1: Netherlands were going to ban pugs and Cavalier Cocker Spaniels. And, uh, Bulldogs. English Bulldogs, yeah. So, I was
0: surprised that Frenchies weren't on that list because I think they're the, the most riddled with everything.
1: So the Netherlands is going after the Cavalier and the bulldogs, and Australia's going after Frenchies and pugs. And
0: what's interesting about that is there's actually a difference between the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and then the King Charles Spaniel. Now, the King Charles Spaniel is basically was a Cavalier, my understanding, bred with a pug to shorten the nose up even more. And I'm actually wondering if that's what they mean, but I could be
1: incorrect. Uh, Let's see here. Animals' welfare groups have slammed cruel selective breeding for cuteness. For some Australians, most popular baby-faced dogs, including French Bulldogs, and called for partial bans. The Australian Veterinarian Association, AVA for short, wants to see any dog with a muzzle length less than a third of its skull length. Sorry, Bebop, you can't get Australia. Or banned for breeding or shows because of the suffering caused on the animal. The dogs with these features are often highly popular, but impacts are so horrific and painful, they are now designated brachio, BRA,
0: brachio something, B- yes. It's brachiophilic
1: actually... breeds cause yes. them suffering um, an obstructive airway syndrome, among many other health issues. Scroll down past all the advertisement and photos. BOAS affects the animal's ability to breathe, exercise, thermoregulate, sleep, play, and undertake other normal behaviors, the ABA says. That is true about the the cooling. Um, Bebops and pugs and Frenchies and and Cavaliers, they get very cold very quickly in the wintertime. They have a hard time cooling down in the summertime. That's why I've been taking Bebop for mile runs now because it's only in the 60s, but in the summertime, she gets way too hot.
0: Yes, so I I would think that the Cavaliers actually close to not being a, a brachiocephalic breed but they're listed as french bulldogs bulldogs boxers cavalier king charles spaniels shih tzus boston terriers Mastiffs, and pugs some are, selective
1: all- breeding for quote corkscrew tails include pugs have been associated with spinal and neurological problems in the breed the ABA now calling for a partial ban on cavalier king cocker spaniels pugs oh shit Damn it, Bebop. You made the list. The ABA, is the, now call- the ABA is now calling for partial bends on Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, Pugs, Boston Terriers, French Bulldogs, and British Bulldogs. Um, people think Boston Terriers have their tails cropped. Nay, they're born that way. Some of them have tails that are an inch and a half long. Or Bebop, she has like a nub that doesn't even wiggle. Um Let's see here. It would be a partial ban on the breeding, that is, dogs severely affected by blah, blah affected on I'm sorry, or affected at all with spinal deformity should not be bred or shown, explained the ABA spokesperson David Dr. David Neck. Those dogs are all listed among Australia's twenty most popular breeds, but have been deformed by backyard breeders over many years. And many- Take
0: a look at that. How short does that nose
1: actually look? Yep, he's a cute he's Not pup. that short. Not compared to a Boston Terrier or a, a pug or a, a bull uh Frenchie. Those dogs obviously in many cases the dogs don't look the look like the same breeds from only a few decades ago and health issues emerge because of the breeding. Why is it when uh, your human counterpart snores it's annoying as shit but when your dog snores it's cute as fuck? Oh my god, he's a snorer too. <laughs> when Bebop lays in bed just snores I just smile. I just love hearing her snore. The other thing she does is because her nose is so short. Like, you know how your dog sniffs you when you get home? She buries her nose in you. Like, she'll walk up and just press her nose as hard as she can right into you and takes a deep breath. she do (laughs) that? No, she just just stands up to you and just feel like somebody pressing into you, and it's her nose. She's just burying her nose in your clothes. The RSPCA has um, said that the cumulative ill health effects on selective breedings were so damaging that in some of the affected types of dogs now need to be outcrossed with other breeds to undo the damage. So now they're going to take some of these dogs. And,
0: and- you know, I don't mind some of that because, just like anything, and it doesn't have to necessarily do with the short-nosed breeds or whatever, but when when a dog or an animal or anything is purebred to a, to a point, everything's going to pop up, right? It doesn't matter if it's a German Shepherd with their hip dysplasia or, you know, uh, uh, Labradors with their Cushing's disease, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wouldn't mind a little... Thickening of the gene pool, as it were. You know what I mean.
1: The Animal uh, Charity for Paul's claims that ninety-seven percent of Cavalier King Charles Spaniels suffer from sad ranges of symptoms because of their breeding. Uh, compromises compresses their brain, including severe headaches, vision problems, balance problems, dizziness, and hearing loss. Pugs are one of the most popular breeds in Australia, but have been, uh, that have been selectively bred, sometimes by illegal under-registered breeders, to shorten their faces so they look, quote, cuter, but the animals develop painful and expensive health problems. Here's a historical image of a pug shows how different the breed used to look before hundreds years of breeding. It looked more like a rat terrier, super long curly tail. Uh, with the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, the small sc- skull size, which they were bred to reduce the space required to fit their entire brain, said in a statement, oh, here's a cute little bebop. Uh, let's see what they say about our friend the bebops, or as we call them, Boston Terriers. Let's see, as a result, blah, we already that. British Bulldogs and Cavalier King Charles were recently banned in landmark court decisions in Norway. Uh, let's see here. Here's a picture of a bebop, but they don't talk about it. Historic yada yada yada. Uh, blah 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 blah. Yeah, so um, I can see the. Uh, remember when um, Lady Gaga's Frenchies were stolen mm-hmm. because they they're worth about twenty grand a piece? Mm-hmm. I can see like in Norway and Australia, theft of of Boston's and pugs and Frenchies and Cavaliers going through the roof because it's just destined to happen at some point, right? Yeah. We want to thank each and every one of you for watching the What's In Your Head podcast. Before we get into the news, I just want to remind you, if you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and head over to what's in your head.com. Click on the Patreon link, like, subscribe, and pay the $1. fifty a month. And that goes a long way to help us out here. And here we go.
2: Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada,
1: Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm doing good. I am doing very good. Actually, I was just reading about uh, cavies, and actually the muzzle lengths have gotten longer over the years, which is good. Anyway. And now, news. breaking news. I have got a Florida trifecta today. The old Three Florida trick. stories. They're all oddities. Uh, they're all coming in from the AP News because, well, that's kind of like the go-to for everybody. Port St. Lucia, Florida, or St. Lucie? Yep, Port short Saint John North Lucy from here. Florida. Florida man steals a car, as they tend to do. The, I'm not going to even read the highlight because it does. I think they fucked up. A Florida man says he jumped from a stolen car just seconds before it was hit by a train and sent flying into a nearby home. The sleeping residents were unharmed, and the man was, well, he was later arrested, according to authorities. Police said a man claimed that he stole a car in a good-faith effort to search for his own vehicle after leaving a bar. Can't find my car. I'll steal this
1: car to look for my car. We all did that as kids. Drunk logic, man. You can't Ah, remember where you took your bike, so you stole your neighbor's bike to look for your— My bike? Ooh. Remember when my bike got stolen from Steeplechase? Yeah. Yeah. Never got that back. Nope. Damn it.
0: Uh, He was leaving a bar early— Saturday morning in Martin County, located about 50 miles north of West Palm Beach. Instead, he got stuck on the railroad tracks in the path of an oncoming train. So you get for stealing a jalopy. After the crash, a man tried to steal a forklift from a nearby fruit stand. And do what? This is turning into a comedy now. Yeah, this is like dumb and dumber. -er. Also vandalized, according to the Martin County Sheriff's Office. He was arrested after flagging down responding deputies because you know My a guy who is so hit. smart that he's got to steal a car while drunk to look for his car, get it smashed by a train, then steal a <clears throat> a skid loader or a forklift, uh, and vandalize that. And decides, you know what? I don't want to flag down some deputies and let them know that he was still looking for his car.
1: Did you see that TikTok I sent you of the guy on the ch- on the scissor lift who?
0: Yes, I've seen that one
1: before. For those of you at home, this guy's driving down the street in a scissor lift with a case of beer underneath his butt. He gets pulled over by the cops. And the cop's like, why are you driving that scissor lift down the the street? He's like, we're working over here. He's like, yeah, but why are you driving it down the street? He's like, oh, I had to run, run down the street real quick. And the cop's like... You're sitting on a case of beer. Climb
0: down. Well, let's let's add to that. If anybody's ever been on a scissor lift, you could walk I'll faster they than they Travel a, lift a mile moves. and a half at the most downhill it's with like the, the wind. It's like the guy one up the guy who went down to the store on his lawnmower.
1: Yeah, scissor um, lifts do not so move, and they weigh a metric ton so that they don't fall over.
0: Well. Exactly. So to finish the story, the, the uh, homeowners of said a home that was uh, had a car thrown into it from the train smashing into it, well, they were they're were a little jolted, but they're in good condition
1: and and uh, in good good standings for the most part. Raise your hand if you had a family member who was a passenger in a car that hit a house. Thanks for playing. <laughs> West Technically, Palm it was Beach. a trailer, but somebody occupied it, and it was their domicile, so it it qualifies as a house.
0: So, the first Florida story: we had a man who stole a car while looking for his own because he was drunk, and he uh stole you know, a forklift by a train, and then he sails a forklift before. Next, out of West Palm Beach, Florida, bicyclist mm-hmm. falls to her death from mm-hmm. rising Florida drawbridge. Fuck. I'm gonna make the jump.
1: Mm. Bicyclist fell to her death. Do, do, do,
0: do, do. A bicyclist fell to her death when a drawbridge connecting Palm Beach, Florida, mainland began rising before she could reach the other side. Hmm. One would think stop. Mm-hmm. They thought it was a movie. It's it's these kids out of touch with reality. Um. Yeah. So a bystander tried to pull her to safety, but lost his grip because you know movies are fake. Uh, the woman was walking her bicycle, not on it, but walking her bicycle to West Palm Beach on Sunday afternoon and was within 10 feet
1: of the barrier arms that halt traffic when the drawbridge started to move. Gordon, I hate to interrupt you. I thought you fired Sam, the intern, but he just sent me a message. He said he actually uncovered audio tape from the surveillance system of the woman as she plummeted to her death. And so I don't want to hear anybody die. Here it is. Ah!
0: goofy she was a goofy woman Yep. the woman tried to hang on there was a bystander nearby who tried to help her but tragically she fell that five sucks. or six stories below where she died landing on concrete
1: Ooh! she didn't even make the water nope Damn. she
0: exploded like a watermelon Ooh. apparently why the bar Why the bridge tender began raising the span before it was cleared of pedestrians will be a focus of the investigation. Somebody's taking a piss The bridge tender was described as distraught, according to West Palm Beach. Fuck yeah, that's horrible. The Florida Department of Transportation maintains the bridge, but the bridge tenders are staffed by a private state contractor. So... I may be misunderstood. She was already on it when it was going up. I would still be like running back the other direction.
1: Well, I mean, she would, she would have to be because I don't think unless she well, was. They said a, she
0: was within ten feet. Let me reread that. She, the woman was walking her bicycle towards West Palm the Beach bike. on Sunday afternoon and was within ten feet of the barrier arms that halt traffic. When the
1: bridge started to move, so was she
0: on they, the other side. I thought she was coming up within ten feet. Yeah, it to make it sound like point. she
1: was coming up, but she's probably ten feet. it should said ten feet past on the opposite side,
0: which would be enough to turn around. Right? Because
1: yeah, and, and plus, she wouldn't have had the leg gumption to ride that bike up that steep of an incline. But if she's at, if, she, if she's at within ten feet of the bars, and we're going to assume on the uh, on the inside. Did she fall or was that suicide? Because you know the damn thing's going up. The bars well, aren't. She's holding on. Maybe she. Uh, she was. Uh, who knows? Maybe, Maybe she, she slid back. Drunk. The I don't know.
0: So uh, the bridge was equipped with bells and whistles to alert drivers and pedestrians that the drawbridge is going up. For one thing, you will hear the bell before the arms goes down. <laughs> well, if
1: she's deaf, she ain't going to hear the bell. So there could be that. Don't know if that's the case. But well, what about the so, fucking incline? I mean, those things yeah. are like at eighty-five percent grade. I mean, it's not like it was a, a, a nice gentle breeze. Yeah, I I don't uh, know. Maybe she was staring at her phone the whole time.
0: But um, moving on to your third and final Florida story. This one's a little spurious. I I, I don't I don't know. But a Florida home out of mm-hmm. Gulfport, Florida a Florida home to be sold in a novel non-fungible token deal.
1: Doesn't that I, fly in the face of what a non-fungible token is?
0: a eh, non-fungible token is more about not having big bank back everything.
1: I thought a non-fungible token was usually something that wasn't tangible. Well, like you a, know,
0: I thought that too, but Joe Rogan was handed a non-fungible token, uh,
1: artwork that was actually you can hold and touch and it had a digital inlay in it let's see i thought see to me that flies in the face of an i thought non tangible tokens were like a sound like a, a, a song or a code of you know i didn't think oh um
0: it is just a one-of-a-kind digital object
1: but a house isn't an object, a digital object.
0: So your stony duck is going to be different than his stony duck because there's a different number on it. But right?
1: how does her house qualify?
0: I, well, it's not. A Florida home is to be sold in a non-fungible token deal. So out of Gulfport, Florida, the home along Florida's Gulf Coast will be auctioned off in an upcoming week as a not- oh, you're right. as a non-fungible token, in what is believed to be among the first of such transactions in the United States? Non-fungible tokens or NFTs use a version of encryption technology employed to secure cryptocurrencies to create one-of-a-kind digital objects. Non-fungible tech- token
1: is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored in a blockchain and form a digital yeah. ledger. But how is... So what? Is her deed a non-fungible token? No, let's this let's jump continue the shark.
0: to read. This one, we'll see how it plays out. The technology provides digital creations a kind of certificate of authenticity, allowing ownership of something that could otherwise be replicated endlessly. In the case of it, the four-bedroom home in Gulfport, Florida, a California-based real estate technology company, Proppy, P-R-O-P-Y is a Proppy or Proppy, will mint the property rights into a digital token. This is stupid. And I host like an online auction with bit, This is going to unwrap Ravel NFTs. Somebody... Bit-
1: Somebody deserves a bottle of wine for the marketing idea, but that's mm. all this is. This is a marketing idea to get people to buy. This is dumb. This is flies in the face of what an not, And not that I'm a big supporter of non-fungible tokens. This is
0: Victor Chaos shit.
1: But it, it flies in the face of what a non-fungible token is. Yeah. The bids will start at 650000 So we're going to give
0: you this non-fungible token that we're going to mint basically the, the property rights and probably the deed digital. And then... We're going to sell it with bids starting at $650,000 in legit money. So anyway, uh, Mending Property Rights into an NFT will allow owners to sell their homes quickly as a Venmo transaction, which you're going to have to put in your taxes, uh, according to Leslie Alessandra. The home's current owner told Tampa Bay Times, Christopher Valdakis, Don't like it. A local real estate and virtual reality expert describes such transaction as essentially just selling a company and a company owns the home essentially just selling a company and a company owns that home
1: like like you said this is going to unravel the whole thing pretty soon i'm going to be selling my kayak as an nft i'll just create Uh a bill of sale that's a digital token and as you said it's going to unravel the whole purpose of an nft
0: Yep, there also could be challenges given the volatility of cryptocurrency and it is not yet clear that the value of the house tied to an NFT would affect be affected by the crypto market.
1: Not a fan. Don't like it. Not a fan either.
0: Uh but you know what? Moving on. A wandering hen has been taken into custody at the Pentagon.
1: No. So the spy. Washington
0: coming in from the AP. At least it's not Florida. A wandering chicken was caught sneaking around the security area at the Pentagon, according to a local animal welfare organization. The loose hen was found early Monday morning near the U.S. Department of Defense headquarters. The Animal Welfare League of Arlington, Virginia wrote on social media, "Apparently," apparently... The answer to why did the chicken cross the road is to get to the Pentagon, according to the group. The chicken was taken into custody by one of the league's employees. Mm, Chicken dinner. Mm -hmm. Chelsea Jones, a spokesperson for the organization, said in an email that she couldn't reveal the precise location where the bird was spotted. We are not allowed to disclose exactly where she was found, according to Jones. We can only say that it was at a national or at a security checkpoint. It's also unclear uh, where the chicken came from or how she got w- to the Pentagon. Wuhan, China. The hen, yeah, that's it right there, the bioweapon. Mm-hmm. The hen, which has brown feathers and a red comb and wattles, is a Rhode Island red.
1: Sounds like a chicken, looks like a chicken. It must be a duck.
0: <laughs> Jones now describes the bird as sweet and nervous, but she allows uh-huh. some people to pet her until so she ends up in chicken soup. Uh-huh. Now she is now known as Henny Penny, of course. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you named her after a fryer. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, one of the names given to the, the chicken is that the sky is falling, in the old folk tale. Okay, yes, Henny Penny was talking. Still, I like the chicken fryer angle.
1: This has uh, gained notoriety. You <laughs> well, said her own. fryer. I thought like isn't like fryer tuck. <laughs> No, I'm thinking the Henny Penny at Wendy's. (laughs) It's not not like friars and like some ancient. He was a friar, Henny Penny, Henny Uh. Penny. No,
0: Henny Penny was in the whole Chicken Who. No, I got you. Chicken Little deal, and that, my man, is all we have.
2: This concludes the evening news, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida.
1: And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the What's in Your Head podcast. As we said, thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us, and please like and subscribe and share us with your friends. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review and all of that good stuff. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. We will all text, talk to you next week, and thank you all so much. This, this has been a Digital 410 10 production. production. <laughs> And we're out.